up, everyone? Welcome to Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. I'm your host with the most. Well, I put the test in hostess anyway. I'm Tessianos, and today is day 20 of 31 days of horror. Guys, 20 days! Oh my gosh, holy cow, how do we do that? We're two-thirds of the way through, my goodness. Um, to follow along on this wicked, wayward, whatchamacallit, please follow OCD on Instagram at OCD Podcast, Facebook at Facebook.com slash OCD Podcast, Twitter at Ongoing Comic Pod, and Patreon at Patreon.com slash OCD Podcast. Tons of ghoulishly fun stuff happening over there, I don't want you to miss it. All right, so we are 11 days away from Halloween and nine days away from OCD's second Halloween giveaway. On Thursday, October 29th, my 30th birthday, what's up? We will be giving away a very witchy package that includes a Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Volume 1 comic, a Sabrina and Salem Funko from the Netflix series, and OCD stickers. To enter is quite simple. Head on over to your social media of preference, follow Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast, and share your favorite OCD horror post thus far. Tag OCD in your post along with the hashtag 31 Days of Comics, and you will be entered into the raffle that's one entry per person and it's going to be a devilishly good time now to introduce today's spooky co-host it's really too bad there is a giant pond between us or else me and this hilarious gal would hang out all the time no really we really would she is the lovely host of the wireless film podcast hailing all the way from the uk she is emily slade hey baby girl hello hello <laughs> thank you so much for having me this is so exciting i just had to do that whole thing like ah um, a lot of screaming again. I apologize in advance. So many screams. No, no. Like, oh, we would hang out every day. Like, we like, would. Ah, every day. Every day. Yes, we we would. We would have tea and all the lovely <laughs> things you do over there because I would want to be over there because right now it's super hot. We're not recording this in October. Sorry, everyone. But uh, it is very hot where I am at now in Los Angeles. But you are in a rainy, dreary England oh, yes. right now. Oh, yes. The type of weather to gallop across the moor on your pony. In, you know, sort of <laughs> to your pining. To your love, right? <laughs> to, well, to your love that you, like, lost at sea. So probably, like, the ghost of your love. Because we don't have happy endings here in England. You don't. <laughs> don't. You really don't. Wow. Yeah, I guess not. Sorry. I hope you have a happy ending, though. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no endings here, though. Nobody's dying today because we've got a podcast. We are here on this, uh, you, you are here on this horror Halloween episode. Now, Emily, can you please tell me what you told me, what Halloween means to you over there? <laughs> well, it's it's getting bigger every year okay. over here but um especially when i was a child and i wanted to go trick-or-treating because we saw it in the movies and on tv and um and i was often told that it was a nasty american tradition of begging of and... begging to <laughs> trick-or-treat okay it's not what we do over here in civilized england um, right, of course. We do not celebrate uh, the dead or the ghouls <laughs> or the witches or whatever it is um, yeah. on All Hallows' Eve. We don't have big parties. Um, yeah, none none of it until you get to university and then it's like any excuse to drink. So Halloween's sure. huge because like, <laughs> often you'll have like an exchange student or a foreign student as well that's like, um, oh, we need to do Halloween. And we need to do a big. Like, I love being around an American person at Halloween because they're like, are you fucking kidding me? 
Like, <laughs> we need to, like, paint the house red. And I don't mean that figuratively. And you're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. <laughs> and you have, like, back-to-back Halloween parties where you have to have a different yeah. costume for each one. And so you're like, God, mm-hmm. so good. I literally just came up with my Halloween costume this <gasps> year. I'm so <laughs> excited. Oh, my gosh. Can you tell us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because by now I'll okay. have uh, probably announced it. So it's, it's great because okay. it kind of weirdly ties in with today's episode. Because I was ooh. like, ooh, I could uh, do something with that. And I was like, oh, there's not really much around. And then I was like, yeah. oh, I could do the other thing that's sort of tied in with that. Um, so if you've ever seen Creepshow, uh, 1982's Creepshow, the very mm-hmm. first little story is the Father's Day. And at the very end, the, the dead corpse brings out a tray with the woman's head on it as like a cake. And oh. I thought Halloween this year is going to be so Zoom-based and Skype-based. Oh. It oh needs my to gosh. be heads-up kind of vibes. <laughs> so <laughs> there's going to be a silver tray balancing on my shoulders and some candles in my hair. <laughs> oh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and squirrels, do you not see why I adore this one? <laughs> my gosh, that's genius. I freaking love that. Of course, that's such an Emily thing. Are you gonna like? Who's gonna take off the top? You know what I mean? Yeah, gonna I'm gonna need. Off? I'm gonna try and make like a detachable headpiece, perhaps that can like. Yes. Do something. And maybe if I'm sat, get a skeleton behind that's like holding the tray. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my gosh! And put like a like it's like a tablecloth on you, so mm-hmm. nobody will know. Yeah. I mean, like for the picture anyway. <laughs> Ooh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. I love that. I love that you already know. I don't, I kind of know. I have a, um, I have a white rabbit. So I'm thinking maybe some Zatanna. Nice. Nice. Not sure yet. Not sure. Um, It's, it's kind of uh, weird. This year's a weird Halloween. Mm -hmm. I live right in this neighborhood where like up the street they have, it's called Bel Air Drive. It's in Burbank. And they, these rich people, people they are i mean come on they have these gigantic mansion homes they are like the big homes in burbank the whole street every single one has like a theme in their lawn so like one is pirates i believe one is definitely clowns one is star wars and if you're ever here for halloween that's where we're going you're gonna be like oh my god and it's just like nobody drives through it really because they know there's like kids running around and so they kind of like we just as a neighborhood we kind of block it off ourselves um and people just like it's just like kids are, anyway it's like the quintessential cute halloween movie so if you're ever here girl yeah. that's where we're going ah, that's amazing <laughs> with nothing like that like one person might go crazy or like you'll have like a a, a really sad looking pumpkin outside someone's house no. that immediately yeah. gets like kicked in and it's like halloween Oh, um, I'm sorry. Well, I hope that we can raise your Halloween vibes here today. Yes, you already have, so mission accomplished. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> you have us uh, watching the 1972 Tales from the Crypt movie. Now, can you tell me why you picked this one? So, obviously, it had to be something to do with comics, and I was like, mm-hmm. hey, I'll have a bit of a Google, and I was like, 30 days at night, <laughs> nah, what the books are, never heard of that. Um, and then right. I came across Tales from the Crypt, and it was like, this is based on some comic books. And I was like, oh my god, like Creepshow. And actually, this is the OG, and Creepshow copied off this, as we all know. Um, yes. And, and... Even though the comics were American, this is British. And it's like, yes! British people. And I was like, oh my God, an excuse to talk about British horror. And then it was like, <laughs> uh, BT Dubs just came out in 1972. And I was like, 70s British horror? Ah! <laughs> I was like, please, 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 please. Oh, it's please. great. Because it's, I, I didn't think I'd seen it. And then I watched it and I was like, 
no, I've seen this. Like, this is on TV at, like, two in the morning Mm -hmm. for, like, the whole months between September, especially in the, like, 90s. I remember being at countless sleepovers and having (gasps) this kind of... Because I was watching it, and I was like, same with Creepshow. I'm watching it, and I'm like, I recognise what's happening in front of me so much because I've seen it countless times without knowing what I was watching because it's just on in the background all the time because it's just one of those things and it was it was such a joy to sit down and watch it properly from start to finish so I'm very excited to get into oh, it oh man you got a good one and the, what, the thing that I loved about this is that um it, there's not a whole lot of gore there's just implied gore and it's 70s British horror oh, gore yeah. So it's like red paint, and I'm like, I, which you know, what's funny is that if like we don't need all that gore in all those horror movies, we just need some red paint to know the guy died, where he was stabbed, and like you know what I mean. Like we don't need all that. So anyway, I enjoyed it for that aspect yes. for sure because I was like, oh god, what's gonna be in here? It's um, di- brilliant. I'm sorry, we're gonna keep interrupting yeah, yeah. each other because like, we're like oh. on the same wavelength. And yes, we just absolutely just love each other. Okay, so please tell me what we're gonna say just now. Go ahead. No, just the like, um, and, and it, it is a hundred percent red paint. I know exactly what you're talking about, and all of my notes are like red paint. And I think <laughs> part of it is on purpose as well because of the campy element that these horror movies from Britain had. So I don't know if you want me to deep dive into horror. Oh my god, yes, please, go, 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 girl. Yes, you're a a British expert, (laughs) official. (laughs) I used to hate horror. I used to genuinely never, ever watch anything horror, and then something, but I would, I would be fascinated about it, so I would read a lot about it, and then something changed in me, and I watched Shaun of the Dead, and I didn't have nightmares, and I was like, I guess I'm cured. Um, (laughs) So I watched all the horror, and I love British horror, not just because I'm British, although that does play a big part in it. We have such wonderful subgenres. So obviously in the 50s and the 40s, we had the Hammer Horrors with the uh, Christopher Lee as your Dracula. And and even though they were pushing boundaries in terms of what we were allowed, because there was a lot of censorship over here, um, they were still like scary and campy at the time and funny. There was, there's always an element of humor in British horror for some reason, probably because we're miserable and we're like, Jesus Christ, me to laugh. Um, (laughs) And like one of my favorite subgenres of horror is the folk horror. So, you think of Midsummer that came from your Bloods on Satan's Claws and your Wicker Men and your um, Witchfinder Generals. And, like, as someone that lives in the countryside, like, I love that vibe where we're just like, hey, that field has Satan buried underneath it. And now <laughs> so- we're all going to burn each other at the stake. And it's like, okay. Yeah. I love that about us that we've just, like, um, taken that and, like, we really do it well. And, um, in the 70s, stuff was just changing. I think we were suddenly allowed to, like, be naked and we oh. were allowed a bit more violence. And so the British uh, movie-making industries were like, fucking yes, get every woman yeah. in here and get her to take her clothes off immediately. <laughs> like, it's awful. And, like, oh. I think it was similar time in America, but they really tried to push it out. But this, because it's based on comic books that came out in the 50s mm-hmm. it is kind of um innocent for one sure. of a better word because it it doesn't push those censorship boundaries and it doesn't because i was super excited i was like oh we're in the 70s we're gonna see some batshit stuff and like yeah. we do but like they're trying to be creative with it and mm-hmm. um i really appreciated that and i i thought it was i don't know the story as to how these people found these 1950s comic books and were like, that needs to be 
a movie here in the 70s in England. Let's do it. But I'm yeah. very glad that they did. Yes, absolutely. And well, it's funny because way back in, you know, September, um, I released an episode called The Golden Age of Comics. And we talked about this comic because it was the first horror comic ever. Nice. Mm-hmm. And it was also the first censored comic ever. <laughs> <laughs> they censored it. They censored all comics pretty quickly because they just deemed all uh, comics were going to make children illiterate and become juvenile delinquents. Absolutely. And of course, I mean, yes, ex- exactly. It, it, it still happens today. Yeah. It's tragedy, really. Um, but they, they were like, no, you can't read these comics anymore. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you some facts about these comics. Um, so they were a bi-monthly horror comic anthology series published by EC Comics from 1950 to 1955, producing 27 issues. And then in April and June of 1954, um, there was congressional subcommittee hearings on the effects of comic books among children, and it left the industry shaken. So they had to shut down this comic. So this, I love the fact that they, um, I love the fact that this turned into a British horror especially in the 70s we keep bringing that up because i think that's so such a niche type of genre it's Mm -hmm. not just horror it's like a sub sub genre of horror and that's what makes it so special and i feel like the fact that they did think no this you know i'm glad that the first movie or just a translation from comic to you know a movie or tv or whatever was from in this exact way it's Mm -hmm. perfect Mm -hmm. really it's it's so exciting. I love as well the whole like, and um, we'll get into it. But this, and I, I wonder how much of that was in the comics. Uh, British horror loves, especially back then, loves like punishing bad people. Like mm. there was none of this. Uh, Jason comes back and and wins. There's none of this. The, yeah. the devil wins kind of vibe. It was like no no, you're trash and you're dying. And I don't know <laughs> if in the original comics they were as bad people as they are in these ones where it's like, and that is why you're getting your comeuppance. Kind of moral yeah. lessons almost, but oh, can't be horror. Like, it's like, yeah, totally. Ah. <laughs> My yeah, totally. It's, it's, yeah, and it's like, you're totally right. It's like, there's the, the Freddy's and the and the Nightmare on Elm Street. Is that the same person? It is. It Freddy, is. Jason, all those guys. Yeah, the comeback of the killers or, the, you know, um, yeah, that I never thought of it that way. Like, it totally is just over here, I guess. But yeah, they really do punish them. They're like, yeah. you, you cheated on your wife? Yeah. Death. Dead. <laughs> Horrific death. <laughs> for you and we're gonna draw it out i i mean i don't know how you want to uh dive but let me know because i have so i have so many things to say that i found absolutely hilarious that one intentionally Uh, please go girl go don't unleash unleash we it it opens brilliantly um Mm -hmm. where we're just having like a tour guide of some crypts and then we get lost and then like five people end up in a random room and there's like a, a, a incredibly acclaimed oh i have no fucking clue who he is but when i was googling oh. it, it was the equivalent of like like i'd heard of him like i knew the name but he's so old mm-hmm. um but it, it was the equivalent of if they were literally like paul newman Sir or ian mckellen robert redford or, yeah, yeah someone yeah. bizarrely too that you would never sort of like like hardcore shakespearean actor in yeah. this like campy horror kind of thing and um <laughs> And one by one, he they're like, why are we here? And he's like, please take a seat uh, and I will tell you why you're here. 
you remember how you got here, but where were you going? And one by one, he, he turns to them and he sort of tells them what is going to happen next to them. Yes. Um, perhaps. But they do it in such a way that I can't help but thinking, if you're sat there <laughs> and you're watching this person go, excuse me, mate, but why are we still here? <laughs> And he's like, do you not remember? And they like stare at each other for like 20 minutes as this segment plays in his head, but no one else can see what's happening. And we know that that's yeah. canon because someone's like, what did he show you? What did he say? So you're sat there for 20 minutes while these two guys just stare at each other. And then eventually the one of them goes, oh, that's not possible. Oh. Yeah. And then sits down quietly. And then the next person's like, well, what the hell? Why am I here? What's going on? Yeah. And the whole process <laughs> happens next. again. And you're just sat there like, man, I hope we're not all actually dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These people are acting really awkward after they've had that exchange with that man for like 20 odd minutes. It's just such a yeah. bizarre, like the reality of being in that room and what's happening it, it plays wonderfully on camera but my brain is yeah. always like <laughs> stupid <laughs> like this is what's really happening yeah. and we're just awkwardly the- staring at the wall and poor joan collins with her like s- 17 lines of dialogue <laughs> like, <Yeah>. that's it <laughs> oh my gosh and yes. she's just like <laughs> shouldn't have gone first really <laughs> Like I should never minutes. have asked. <laughs> well, let's start with her story. And that one, okay, so Emily and I, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make this even more fun. So for each, there's there's five stories in here. Um, when they stare at the creepy man for the 20 seconds. What hap- what's actually happening, it's kind of like a dream where you dream for 10 seconds, but it felt like five years. Um, that's what's happening in these stories here. Um, so there's five total, and they all have a name, but we're going to review each uh, each story, and then we're going to name it ourselves. Me and Emily. I love it. Yes. I love it. I love it. Okay. So, um, oh, and by the way, the Crypt Keeper is Ralph Richardson. Never heard of him before. That's who you're talking about. Yeah. So famous. Okay. So Joan Collins. This one is, and all through the house. Emily, take it away. Uh, coming up with my own title? Or no, no, no. No, just... t- explain what happens here. Uh-huh. And, then, and then we'll call it our own title. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I should have been clear. I'm too excited. <laughs> Wait, no, I was I was staring at you like the Crypt Keeper yeah. was to Joan Collins. Uh, like, I get come it, on, girl. my no. shiny brooch. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so Joan Collins, I'm very biased towards this uh, little segment, BT Dubs. Um, Ooh. Ooh, Joan Collins, me. who is a national treasure, um, it's Christmas Eve, and like every Christmas Eve, she kills her husband mm-hmm. because she wants his life insurance. Mm-hmm. Live your dream, Joan. Absolutely, <laughs> go for it. She's got her yeah. daughter upstairs, and mm-hmm. the daughter's obsessed. She's like, oh my god, it's Christmas Eve, is Santa here yet? And Joan Collins is like, mm-hmm. can we not? I've just killed Daddy. I need to do something. <laughs> I'm a little bit overworked right now. Just want to have some eggnog, so just, can you hush? We'll talk about Santa in a minute while I get rid of the body. Meanwhile, on right. the radio, it's like, Ksh! classic Christmas Eve banter. A mental patient has escaped the asylum. <laughs> He's dressed as Santa. <laughs> and as the audience member, you're like, oh, what's going to happen here? I wonder how close the uh, mental asylum is to Joan Collins' house. Turns out it's right next door because the first house this guy visits is Joan Collins' house. And he tries to break in and she's trying to get rid of the body and she's very stressful. And eventually yeah. the little girl t- comes out of the room and she's like, mommy, Santa's here. And you're like, oh, shit. 
And of course, it's the mental patient, and he he it's implied that he then unfortunately kills Joan Collins, arguably because she mm-hmm. did kill her husband. But hey, mm-hmm. you know we don't know the story there. Uh, I think yeah. it was fairly unjust, but it genuinely frightened me. This one, yeah. it like made me jump. I don't home invasion gets me anyway. And this is all about home invasion. And with the added tension, of course, there's that wonderful moment where she's like, oh no, I better call the police in my dramatic telephone with my long nails. But, oh gosh, I've just killed my husband. I can't possibly bring the police round here with the body on the carpet like this, with the blood that's able to get washed up instantly. Yes, in the white carpet. (laughs) Um, So many wonderful shots of her just like pouring blood down the drain. Like this woman that's clearly spends very little time in the kitchen because she's like so glamorous. Um, Yeah. But with the the guy trying to, and it's like, you know, incredibly insensitive and it's a, a stereotype that we don't, I think, use nowadays as like a villain to have like a mental patient. It's very 70s. Right. Um, Yes. But he's trying to break into the house and it's genuinely unnerving and like lots of long shots at the window and his face keeps coming yeah. across and it, I'm genuinely unnerved and they, they manage to find an actor who has quite like a rough, frightening face anyway face, and yeah. poor mm-hmm. Joan Collins is just like, oh god, <laughs> this is the worst Christmas ever. <laughs> Oh, this is a good. I love the fact that she uh, she can't call the police. She's like, she's like, do I try to do I save the body, or do I call? I'm sorry, do I get rid of the body, or do I call the police to save our lives? <laughs> you know, and she doesn't really she doesn't really make a decision because the daughter's like, hey mom, I let Santa Claus in. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> because then, then immediately the guy comes over to Joan Collins for yeah. no real reason other than we've established like he is a killer and he just yeah. just wants to kill you. And he starts strangling mm-hmm. her by the fireplace and this daughter is just watching like Santa and it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. so much therapy assuming you escape this alive. Like yes. <laughs> so much <laughs> so much drama. It's pretty, pretty pretty awful. And and then we again we, we cut back to the cave. And they're staring at each other, and she's like, oh, yeah. Huh. Huh. And what's interesting... Very much so. Very interesting, yes. <laughs> we are meant to think that this guy is showing potential futures. Right. But she's already... They've already made a massive thing about she's wearing a brooch that she gets in this story. Yes. Which is meant to be a subtle clue. But mm-hmm. from the off the minute five people and perhaps it's from things like this that i'm just aware of this trope but the second those five people walked into a a strange cave away from everybody else and a man in a hood was like hello there i was like ah they've they're all dead that's yeah they've died and this is how they died um and I don't know if it's because I'm just so used to this happening in lots of different things now, but then sure. it was a massive, it's meant to be like such a huge reveal at the end where he's like, ha ha, and of course all of those things has already happened. And I was like, yes. yeah, no shit, like what? <laughs> twist? Okay. <laughs> and like, Whoa. maybe it's meant to be a twist for these characters who are like, oh, my brooch that I, it, oh, oh dear. And then they all just willingly <laughs> go to their death. 
<laughs> they jump into this magma pit. I'm it's like, so guys, brilliant. just go out, go back with the tour guide over there. It's so wonderful. Um, they, he's literally, he's like, your exit is through there, and this huge door opens, and there's a yeah. the guy leans over, and he's like, but what? I this can't be it. What is this? And then the camera comes, and it's like a big <laughs> pool of lava, and he's like, there's your fate, sir. And the guy's like, no. And he falls into the pit of lava, and it's super dramatic. And then he's like. Off you go, the rest of you. And they literally Literally just, like, pick up their coats and they're like, well, all right, this may as well happen. And they just, like, so casually resign themselves to just, like, filing through this door and leaping into this fire pit. It is the most British. They literally do it in single file. (laughs) They're just like... Well, may as well. No, if not now, when? Like, all right, let's go. After you, sir. Thank you very much. Okay, oh. let's just uh, let's go to the hell pit. It's so funny. Yes, <laughs> might be fun there. We're all going to hell anyway. <laughs> I wonder, like, in that exchange, if he's like, "Do you see why you're here now?" Yeah. You know, like yeah. that silent exchange. Like, do you get it get while it. you're going to hell? Maybe, like, I don't know. But all these people, they had it coming. I was like, yes, get in the pit. You all suck. <laughs> you all suck, except Joan Collins. She is the only one that I'm like, <laughs> you don't know what that husband was like. And you're meant to think he's good because at That's the very beginning, he, he puts her brooch Ooh. under the tree with a big yeah. thing. Who's like, to Julie, the best wife ever. Kiss, kiss, kiss. But he is an old man and she is a young, hot woman. And I'm not, it's so funny. I don't see the like nasty gold digging trope anymore. I always just see Mm -hmm. vulnerable young woman in loveless marriage with older husband. And um, so I was instantly like, God, I hope she kills him. And then she does. (laughs) And I was like, oh, brilliant. Merry Christmas to everyone. Perfect. (laughs) So the murderous wife does not go in because we don't know the whole story. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, You know, I was going to say guilt. Oh, innocent until proven guilty. There we go. Absolutely. You don't know if that was delayed self-defense or not, you know. Exactly. You got it right. Self-defense. Who knows, but... She did not deserve to be strangled by um, uh, Asylum Santa. Yeah, that was kind of a low blow. She should have got out. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, what would you... Here, I, this is my title for mm. it, to give you a little time to think. Okay. It's a wonderful wife. Hey! Thank you! That's so good! <laughs> that is so good! How am I meant to top that? That's genius! No. That is so, that is so clever. That worked on so many, I'm so impressed. I'm so, that's so good. I'm obsessed with that. Oh my God. We can share that title if you it's want. It's so good. I'll share it with Mine you. genuinely was going to be like, Joan Collins deserved better. Like that, that's how <laughs> I thought of that segment. I was like, she deserved better. Because also she genuinely only has like 12 lines of dialogue in the whole movie. She goes first. She barely has anything to say in her own segment. And then she just mm-hmm. sits there and listens to these white men moan for the next like half an hour. And I'm just like, fucking look at, look at her. It's Joan Collins. How are mm-hmm. you not like letting her go? <laughs> like give her a second Let chance. Her <laughs> no trial, just death. Exactly. Oh, so. Yeah, so the second story here, we move on to the second poor soul, I guess. Not really, these guys, the rest of these guys suck. <laughs> um, so the reflection of death is starring Ian Hendry, 
who is this husband who starts saying goodbye to his wife's and wi- his wives actually <laughs> Freudian slip uh, wife and kids and they don't know but it looks like I was like what he's got a suitcase he's giving him that long stare and I'm like he's running away something's happening here so uh, lo and behold he gets in his car he goes to this house and it's empty and his lady mystery mistress lady comes out and she's like we can go now the house is all packed up. And so they get into the car and they start driving away. And he, uh, he just starts snoring and he starts going like, no, 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 no. And he screams. He's like, oh, sorry, I had a bad dream. And then right after that, they get into a car accident. Oh, da, da, drama, drama. Um, and he gets out of the car. The car is burning. And I'm like, how did he, anybody survive that? And he's right. He's like, oh, my girl, Susan, she's she's where is she? I'm like, she's D-E-D, bro. <laughs> um, so the car's on fire. And then he tries to find people, and he finds a homeless man, and he tries to hitchhike. But every time he sees someone, he's everybody starts screaming when they see his face. And I'm like, what's on his face? He must have burned. Um, and he knocks on the door of his wife's house, and there's another man in there. And it seems like she's already, like, remarried, and it seems like time has gone by. The name on the house has changed, which I never put my last name on the outside of my house. I just... <laughs> Do you, do you guys do you guys do that no, over there? No, no, that's not a thing. That that was a plot device. <laughs> okay, I was like, I would never do that. Uh, just their name was not, like it's like what three two five Flower Drive, the Watson family. Yeah. What? No. Um. So anyway, then then he knocks on the door of Susan, and she's blind. Um, from the accident and he walks in he's like what happened and she's like you died and then he looks into the reflection of her coffee table and it's like like if you're not ready for it it is a startle moment mm. it's like he's he's very burned and you're and it, the music goes like eep, you know really loud yeah yeah so he's like you jump and then he wakes up from his dream again he's oh bad dream and then the car crashes again whoa that's the end it's such a good little concept like it's genuinely yes. terrifying that thought of like looking at someone and they're like hey man are you a oh, oh god oh god and like running away and you're like what <laughs> ah! <laughs> what is he <laughs> so that's really really frightening and then i genuinely got chills when he gets to poor susan's house and uh she's like yeah. i went blind in the accident and he was like what the fuck like it was like five <laughs> minutes ago i just walked her from it and she's like the accident was 12 years ago when my poor lover died and he's like what the fuck and then he sees his face and you're like oh god and then it's really it's really frightening it actually it comes from tales from the crypt 23 uh i took all of the i found all of the original comics that they came from look at you okay i love this i love this but um in the original story it was two guys it's just two guys so Mm. i imagine to a make him a villain and b flesh it out a bit um, yeah. they changed it up and was like, I'm making him run away from his mistress so he's being punished as opposed to just having a terrible thing happen to him, which I believe was just the, the, you know, like in Goosebumps when like shit just happened to kids and they didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And now you've got yeah. a ventriloquist doll haunting you and like, that's life, kids. Whereas this is more like morally like, don't cheat. I genuinely, yes. I do have little, uh, titles that I did myself and this one would also be, Oh, <laughs> Susan deserved better. <laughs> like, <laughs> Because he's a shit boss. He's like such a douchebag yeah. in the short time that we. It's very inside number nine. I don't know if you guys have that over in the states. It's Rishi Smith no. and Steve Pemberton. Their little thirty-minute 
um, anthology program on the BBC that's sort of always mm-hmm. a bit ghouly and horrory and there's like often a twist at the end and this is very sort of yeah. like that and well that's very sort of like this I guess um, mm-hmm. but you have a short amount of time to establish these characters before you start doing things to them and even I can I can be like okay like this happens all the time if you want to run away with your secretary that's a dick move but we'll do great right, right. but then he's like so shit to Susan in the car and he's just like really douchey and I'm just like man I hope this guy crashes and burns his face and there's people run away from him oh my god I love it I love it you're like she deserved better she did <laughs> she did what was she doing what was she doing what with she him? he was an old man and he he treated her so badly as well it wasn't even like these stories that you hear where they you know start in fresh family and now they're older and more mature they're ready for it and they treat their second family way better than their first it's still dicky right. but like at least someone is having a good time it seems like no one wins in this story least of all Ian Hendry which is good but um also I did say by this point um <laughs> if I was sat in the crypt I'd be like yo Am I dead? Because I'm starting to get the vibe that I am. So can I be, like, excused or next? Because this sucks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do this. These two people <laughs> are acting like you just told them that they've died. So I'm getting the sense that you're going to do... Th- can, so can we just, like, skip to the end? Or, like, can I yeah. leave? This, this is not how I wanted to spend my Saturday. I, Because I love, as well, you know, he's like, I was, uh, I was on my way home to my wife and kids. And the Crypt Master is like were you yeah so instantly you're like no you weren't you were running away from them with susan who is a carry-on actress known for her she's a model as well so they got um the hot 70s actress to be the uh the mistress of course she but uh, there's so far every story has a hottie mm -hmm. i mean first one was our, our joan yeah they deserve better. They did. Hotties deserve better. Just the, the um, treatment of women in the 70s in general deserved better. In, uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. The fact. Yeah. I, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, I did write the line down. He He's sort of in the car and he's, he goes, he turns to her and he goes, it will be worth it, won't it? And she literally doesn't even reply. She's like, uh... I fucking yeah. hope so, because I just sold all my fucking furniture, and I'm driving. Can, fuck you, man. Tell me now, dude. Tell me now. I can turn this car around. around. You gotta tell me now. But yeah, what is your uh, alternative title? Oh, gosh. So I've been trying to think, and it's really dumb. Here we go. Groundhog's Day? More like a nightmare. And then a dramatic lightning. Ah! Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Perfect. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate I your it. support. It's good. It works. Uh, it's, and it's on that brilliant loop, that dream loop of fear where it's like, that was frightening how yes. you just, yeah, he's just on a loop. It's very scary. He's on a loop. It's, it is, is campy and it's, and, it's, and it's very old, but there are, it's thrilling, I think, is the yeah. word for them. They're all a bit sinister and a bit like, oh. Yeah. Wouldn't care for that to happen to me. Glad it's <laughs> happening to Ian Hendry. I hope that there's like a spin-off of this where he like keeps waking up in this nightmare, but he progressively makes it better. Oh, yeah. Right? And then the nightmare goes away, 
but it but it, then it turns into like a comedy series <laughs> where he's just like trying to make amends. He's trying to make people accept him for who he is now. But he comes you know, like goes a huge philanthropist and right. <laughs> I I hope that for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that guy. So, yeah. So then we got the dramatic pause back at the creep keep, keeper, and he's like. <gasps> What was uh, but the the thing is, after that, they don't deny it. They like they feel really guilty. They're like, "Oh yeah, I am a piece of shit." <laughs> yeah. Oops. I guess I'll sit down now. And it's brilliant because one by one they get angry and angry, where they're like, "I demand to know what's happening here." And then he'll talk to them for like two <laughs> seconds, and they'll be like, "Okay, I'll sit down." And then the next person is like, "Well, I still want answers." And then they'll be like, "Okay, yeah, no, I suck. I suck. That's bad." So. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I deserve whatever's coming. <laughs> Well, uh, this next one, I have so many feelings about. Mm-hmm. This one was so rude, and I was like, "You deserve it, you piece of shit." Yeah, this uh, trash person. Yeah, like this oh, trash. So much, so much. This is called poetic justice. Emily, take it away. Taken from the haunt of Fear, Volume Twelve, it stars Robin Phillips mm. and the incredible Peter Cushing, who took a pay cut for this role because he was so desperate to be in it. He was originally trying to be cast as somebody else and he found this role in this segment and he was like, you have to let me play this character (gasps) because he plays a widowed old man who lives in a sort of ramshackly house in a very posh neighborhood where he fixes up toys and he plays with all the local children and he just has a wonderful time. And Peter Cushing had also recently lost his wife. So he really felt the emotion and many arguably say that this is Peter Cushing's best performance of of his entire career. And like, you think of everything he's ever done and this is his crowning performance. And it is, it is, he is the emotional through line of this revenge story because his dick of a neighbor yeah is this this old man and he has this son this this fancy young foppish son who's like oh he's uh bringing down the house market because he's ugly and he's old and he's got lots of dogs and i don't like it and i want to make money because i'm a capitalist in 70s britain we got thatcher soon and i want to get ready for it and it sucks because you're watching it and you're like, <laughs> they now run our country. Um, yes. And it's horrible. Yeah. So piece by piece, it's a, it's the longest segment. And I wonder if it's because Peter Cushing's in it and he's like the biggest name. Ooh, and it's like, respect, piece respect, by piece. Yeah. He like takes away his dogs and he tells all of the townsfolk to stop the children going to visit him. So he has nothing to spend his time doing. And... Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Cushing gets more and more lonely and more and more unaware of like why is this happening like this what I'm like I'm just trying to live my life so he Ouija boards with his wife and she's like beware and he's like oh god and you're really on this guy's side this is the first time in a story that we've really had another character that's been such a fleshed out role to sympathize with and it's a real right. emotional through line because on Valentine's Day this prick of a neighbor sends like a hundred valentine's cards across to peter cushing's house where he's basically like i don't have any of them written down but they're all poem they're all rhyming and it's like go drown in a lake because we hate you (laughs) kind of thing and he's so so excited when he gets this huge wad of post and as he's like reading through these horrible heartbreaking letters it's a real emotion, you know, anyone that's ever been sent a death threat or something nasty over social media, it's that feeling and you go yeah. through it with him and 
you know, it's 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 been a sort of a week and no one's seen him. So they go around to his house and, oh, look, it's immaculate inside and it's beautifully mm-hmm. kept. And he's not the vagabond that you kept insisting he was, but it's too late because they opened the pantry door and you just see his legs hanging. And it is horrible. It's horrific. But the story is not over yet. So you're like, okay, all right then. Yeah. Well, I can see where this is going to go. It's been a year. And he's feeling a little bit of guilt because I think he realized that he went a bit too far and he caused a man mm-hmm. to kill himself. So, you know, that'll, that'll, that'll get the guilt up in you. And he's like, huh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been a year to the day exactly since that man across the road killed himself. And uh, anyway, I'm sure it's not important. And then, <laughs> when we went to see that he'd killed himself a year ago, we did notice some, like, Wiccan, magic-y, occult-y books on the side. Yes. Well, we ignored them mm-hmm. because I'm sure that's nothing to worry about. Ha 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 What's that coming out of the graveyard? We don't see. We don't see for ages. We just follow some muddy footprints into the office, and there's that prick at his desk writing a letter. Yes. And he looks up, and oh no! It's horrific Peter Cushing back from the dead. <laughs> and he's all zombified, and he looks gross and like yes. eaten, and it's so good. And then it cuts, and we we come in the next morning, and it's black, and we can't see anything. And the the, the dad opens up the curtains, whoosh, and there's a and he's like, oh, God, oh, no, how has this happened? And there's yes. a note. There's a note on the there's desk. A there's a Valentine's card on the desk. And he opens it up and he reads it through. And it rhymes. And it ends with, and now you have no. And he's ripped his heart out. He's ripped his heart out. It's so good. Yeah. I, it is so good. so satisfying. My notes are literally caps lock. Ha, 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 Yes. <laughs> And the note reads, Happy Valentine's Day. You were mean and cruel right from the start. Now you really have no heart. <laughs> but the heart is the heart. And he's ripped his heart out of his chest. And it's, and the guy's like, Whoa! and then we go back to the yeah. crypt. And it's so good because you're totally on side with Peter Cushing. And what's yes. really lovely is that you feel like he's now reunited with his wife. And he managed to exact his revenge. And it was gruesome. And it was gory. And it... It really like stayed with you. It's like, oh, yeah. oh, and his, the way his zombie looks is so wonderful. Like it's yes. just that wonderful way before CGI or anything, they really had mm-hmm. to go to town with prosthetics and stuff. And they really put effort and thought into these kind of things. Cause you know, Joan Collins is there scrubbing red paint out of the carpet we can forgive that yes. because someone took the time to like make peter cushing look gruesome so you know yes. put the budget <laughs> where it counts so I love yeah it. <laughs> uh this was probably my favorite one mm-hmm. he's just this old man just trying to do right by his wife right by his neighborhood he's got these kids dogs everything and then yeah and this guy is just mean he's like i'm judging him for the things I cannot see and I'm making up because I'm rich literally and filthy yeah he sucked afterwards I was like you go in the magma pot first yeah. you loser you, you fuck up because when he first comes in you're like okay old white man old white man clearly a gold digger we all know why these people are here but he is this sort of young fresh looking like yeah. rich looking but like not so much that I was like so I was really interested to see his story I was like who are you what's your tale you don't seem like yeah. you've betrayed any lover 
or anything like and of course then you find out that he's betrayed the most important person of all old peter cushing <laughs> so i've never heard of peter cushing cushing so he was and let me just google this so i know what i'm talking about but i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. you got christopher lee's dracula oh okay and he was in millions of dracula's but oh is a tv show uh movies so the Hammer Horror oh, Studios oh. would make these old Dracula movies starring Christopher Lee as Dracula. And every single one of them needed a <laughs> uh, Van Helsing. Oh, right, right, right. And Peter Cushing would always play the Van Helsing. Um. So they were in millions of movies together. They're like known as like horror gods. Um, do you know your Star Wars? Are you uh, yes. familiar with the Star Wars? So Grand Moff Tarkin. Um, oh, the old, I don't know that guy. Yeah, the, huh, okay. the old, the sort of, um, oh, how to describe, how to describe. He's CGI'd in Rogue One. Oh. Okay. And then he's in the early Star Wars movies. He's in like the first Star Wars movie as like a, like a Nazi, one of the space Nazis. Yeah. Hanging out Wait, with. Wait, that's him? That's Peter Cushing. Oh. <gasps> Holy crap! He's yeah. a big deal in Star Wars. Whoa! He's got the the the, the face, the very angular the, yeah, face. Yeah, all the cheekbones. Yes, cheekbones, cheekbones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ooh, like the sullen face. I'm against the word. Um, ooh, this is not his first horror. Oh no, this is uh, his like. Actually, this thing. It would be the equivalent of having. Oh god, I don't even know. Like, uh, I guess Jamie Lee Curtis. Let's say. Okay. In something like some huge horror king god of the genre that's like very old now no offense jamie lee curtis you're not but you know what no, i mean no. <laughs> yes 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 i totally do totally do so um, oh my again gosh. he's another that's why he's like on if you look at the dvd cover it's like joan collins peter cushing and like they're the oh. biggest names so even though this this crypt keeper was like huge at the time um mm-hmm. he has not been remembered in the same way that these other two have. So, oh. um, yeah, Peter Cushing's a you big know, old horror guru. You know what's funny is it's, you you mentioned that, and I'm trying to pull this up. So on there there is a show called Tales from the Crypt that was from. Um, let me see here. It was on HBO from 1989 to 1996. And um, it was the first time they were able to have, like, graphic violence, profanity, sex, nudity, and stuff like that. So it was on HBO, guys. Like, HBO, you know, big deal. But you bring up all these big characters, and I was scrolling through on YouTube, and I watched uh, a couple of them just to get a gist to see how much they've changed. I mean, they're definitely from the comic, and they bring up the comic in the beginning. But they have, like, Christopher Reeve. They have Arnold Schwarzenegger, Whoopi Goldberg, Joe Pesci, Brad, Pre- Pesci, uh, Brad Pitt, Steve Buscemi, like, the Ernie Hudson. Oh from- yeah, so it's... I didn't realize it. W- it is a big deal, mm-hmm. you know, to be on that series. Like yeah. that's a star-studded show, yeah. you know. Almost like so. Wow. Like a like a big break kind of thing. Like if you can get on there, you've made it kind of thing. Y- yeah. And to think it all it's all come from this weird. I mean, it comes from the comics, but um. Yeah, this weird little movie with kind of they were famous at the time but as i say no one sort of lasted through the years no one's like ah yes ian hendry <laughs> that guy 
love him. by he's all. Because then you Google them and you're like, oh, okay, okay, all right, okay, uh, yeah, all right, okay, yeah, I sort of maybe know who you're talking about. And then they'll be in like one movie where you're like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. So like Ian Hendry was yeah. in the, the 1970s TV series, The Avengers. Um, oh. Not The Avengers Avengers. The Avengers. They were like yeah. two posh British people. The other one was Diana Rigg, <laughs> who's Olin, Olana Tyrell from Game of Thrones. Like, yeah. Oh. Like, damn. people, but when you're coming at it in 2020 and you were born in the 90s, you're like, who the fuck is that? I don't know. Some yeah. guy. <laughs> who knows? Some guy. And, and you know, it's funny. One day we'll be that person be like, you don't know <laughs> this actor. Do you even know cinema? <laughs> Literally. Like, what do you mean Ian McKellen who? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And like, oh. Professor X, uh, freaking Star Trek. Wait, no, wait, is that? Wait, Ian McKellen, is that Star Trek? No, Am I crazy? I don't think so. Yeah, no, I no, that's be his bestie, though. Yeah, um, Patrick Stewart was Star Trek. Thank you. But they are thank basically you, you. the same person, so they're best yeah. friends. Yeah. So, what would you name uh, Poetic Justice if you had to? Peter Cushing deserved better. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um, possibly, it's true. I love that. Uh, some joke about having a Tory for a neighbor. To- the Tory is like the the I guess is Trump Republican. Yes. Yeah. So yes. Tories are the Republicans of Britain. Oh, see, so I would not have known that. Okay, yeah. got you. Ooh, yuck. Yeah, gross. Uh, tor- Tory. I I named it just Dick Neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> that also works. <laughs> Such a dick. Like what the hell, man. He was the worst. Um, okay, so then we got to this fourth one, which will remind you of a story. I don't know if you ever heard of the monkey's paw. Did you hear about it before this? I did, yeah. I, like, vaguely know about the monkey paw. I can't even remember where I first heard it. It's, it's not like a fairy tale, is it? It's just it's a horror like a short story, yeah, it's a horror almost story. Edgar Allan Poe-ish, but not. Yeah. Just one of those I was, things. I was in a play in high school, this play. <gasps> Uh, I didn't get it, but I was, I mean, I was in the play, but I didn't understand the story. Mm-hmm. I just played my, my part and that <laughs> was it. Did your job, I was a ghost child. There was a, yeah, <laughs> I went on stage and I performed my heart out. <laughs> Nobody knew but me. I had no idea what I was saying. <laughs> they still don't know. I still fooled them. Uh, anyway. Okay. So this one's called wish you were here. So there's this gent, this stately gent, who is very rich, of course. All these stories have rich people in them, Mm -hmm. rich, snooty people, and this one's no different. (laughs) Oh, my God, I just realized that. They all do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, so uh, he loses everything. Him and his buddy's like, oh, we've lost everything. Everything, everything, everything. (laughs) So they got to sell everything, everything. And the wife's like, no, we can't save everything. And we can't sell everything, especially this mysterious statue that we've got in the mountains of the China, I think it was. <laughs> Something like that. The, the mysterious forest yeah. of East Asia. Yeah. Yes. That way. The river top. No. Where the foreigners are. Yes. We should co- oh, colonize them. <laughs> are they selling land now? We should probably. Oh, shit. We, we don't have any more money. That's right. <laughs> 
Um, so she sees this statue and she's like, what does this encryption say on this statue that we've gotten this mysterious thing that we've never read before? We should read it now. And it said something like uh, a rhyme and it was like this, you get da 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 You get three wishes and then and something about three wishes. And they're like, the bottom is scratched out. No matter. Let's make three wishes. And I, I was like, lady, listen, if you're going to find some ancient freaking Indiana Jones relic shit and you can't read the bottom, I feel like you need to find a way. Put it down, hon. <laughs> Just Step stop. Yeah. I love it. Sell it. Because they don't even pretend. The guy's instantly coming in like, well, that reminds yeah. me of the story that we're ripping off. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's where he's like, this reminds me of the monkey pole. And she's like, oh, what is it about? No matter. My first wish. I wish for lots of money. And he's like, are you sure about that? She's like, well, what have we got to lose? And I'm like, oh, girl. <laughs> Uh, so he, he gets in his car and he's driving away and there's this guy on a motorcycle behind him with this skull mask on and I'm like, uh, trouble, uh, <laughs> sir. Uh, okay, so either his face is inside out or he's part of a gang, like, you should probably either way, this pull over. Good. <laughs> no. So you just see the skull and then you hear the crash and uh, they uh, the, they get a telephone call. His colleague gets a telephone call. Your partner, he's his name. His your number was in his wallet. Oh, well, let me call his wife. Oh, oh no, he's died. And he's like, but you're rich, you know. And I was like, chill out, bro. Like, <laughs> it's been an hour. Yeah, like, chill out. Maybe we should uh, save this. He literally, he's like, I know now is possibly not the time, but you're very, very rich now. And she's like, my husband. <laughs> And she's like, fuck, whoops, uh, I'll wish another wish on this this idol of unknown scratch at the bottom. Who knows? And this guy that um, had nothing to do with it is like, are, are you sure? Because it seems like that got you into this trouble in the first place. So, And she's like, hush, hush, I am a wife. I must always do the wrong thing and be blamed. Yeah. Which, which baffles this is, me. This is her story, but it's some dude that gets to be in the crypt. But yeah, yeah. Pouring Whatever. It. I know, right? <laughs> she should actually be in the crypt. Her husband didn't deserve to be in the crypt. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, I was like, why is he dying? It's not his fault. Um, so she makes a second wish. She's like, I wish that my husband was exactly how he was before the accident. And in my head, I'm like, well, she may have got that on the nose. She may be right. Okay, well, let's see. <laughs> and then there's like... These ghoul people, these like white painted people come through with this like smoke and it's dark and it's, they bring in this, these, I love that they bring in the slats to hold up the coffin first and then they bring in the coffin. Like they didn't just put it on the floor. They put it up properly so she could see. And, and the guy was like, jokes on you. He had a heart attack before he died. So he's still dead. (laughs) And she's like, well, fuck. <laughs> and uh, this ghoul man, so his the friend is like, stop making wishes, bitch. <laughs> For the love of God, Enid, enough. <laughs> and she's yes. like, I don't know, man, maybe one more. <laughs> That'll fix everything. I'll be really I'll specific. outsmart them this time. <laughs> this is so exciting. I love doing a crazy British lady. <laughs> 
And so then she's like, I wish for him to be alive right now. And he's like, oh, you are stupid. <laughs> um, and he wakes up and he's like writhing in pain and he's screaming. I wish for him to be alive right now and forever. And forever. Keyword forever. Oof. And he's writhing in pain and the friend's like, you're an idiot. Uh, he's embalmed. <laughs> It's coursing through his veins. Like He's going to be in pain. In his bloodstream, yes. you idiot woman. We all know that that happens out, mere hours after death. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Haven't you ever died before? Late. Don't you know? <laughs> Her reaction is wonderful. <laughs> She's it's like, great. Fuck! <laughs> Gets a well, sword fuck. off of a knight. Of, brings it's one of the so... mandalay swords off the mantelpiece. Just whacking him like, no! <laughs> like, I'll kill him. This will work. No. And he's like, Enid, you said forever, remember? And she's like, oh, <laughs> God, what have I done? So it's like his hands, his, his like amputated hands are moving. His guts are like squirming like freaking like uh, worms because he's still alive. And it, she's chopped him to smithereens and he's still writhing in pain. But because she said forever, he's still going to be alive forever writhing in pain. I really want them to be a sketch where she's just like closes it and she's like, put him back in the yeah. ground. <laughs> fine. I honestly thought that's how it was going to end where she was just like, you know what? Let's just call it a day. Take him away. Yeah. Let's just pretend this never happened. I'm moving to Argentina. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't hear him yeah, screaming. Yeah. Goodbye. So, it, so it's dark. weird then that he's in the crypt being like, oh, because he only ever had stuff happen to him. And it's it's Enid's story, but they were like, well, we've already got one woman. So yes. we've run out of space for women. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, we have one representative from the sex. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't it count? <laughs> uh, we're having too much fun here um can we ever have too much fun no no uh i loved this one it might be one of my favorites because the wife's just an idiot um but i am going to uh, steal from your um from your naming convention and i'm going to say the husband deserved he, better because he, he did. did not deserve to die <laughs> Um, it's yeah the final notes for this segment from me is Enid you fool Enid bloody hell (laughs) (laughs) and um I actually I was I was I was watching this on YouTube where you can watch it all for free but um as I was looking it up afterwards I did note that uh there is a censored version of this story and I think I saw it because you mentioned how you saw blood and guts and he was chopped to smithereens but um yeah I just saw his sort of shoulders head <gasps> upward with the hand on his chest oh. and I was like oh I guess she chopped his hand off and like called it a day and then when I yeah. googled it they were yeah. like no no it was super graphic and she's like chopped him all up but the censors were like stop no <laughs> we can't have that we can have as much infidelity as you want but we cannot have guts no guts it's gross um, I love how dramatic Enid is. She She's very spontaneous and she's very... They have lots of pillars in their rich house where she can, like, sweep yes. down, slumping to the floor in despair. And um, <laughs> she's just marvellous. She's just really like, I know what will make this better. And that poor attorney who just wanted to give them some fucking money is like, yes. what is... How did I get here? What? I was having a 
like, good day. Um, yeah. Interesting that they didn't just go with a monkey's paw. They were like, oh, no, it must be some yeah. oriental artifact from the East that we don't quite understand here in England. Yes. And um, love that the writing is, like, enormous at the bottom of the statue. Yes. And they're like, I've never noticed this before. Yeah. <laughs> when did this get here? <laughs> okay. All right. Um, oh. What do you name it? I name it... I think I'd have to name it. It's like the monkey's paw. Yeah. But not. <laughs> <With an> exclamation point. <laughs> but not. Or just, have you seen the monkey's paw? <laughs> Question mark. Because yeah. the whole way through the movie, he's like, I've, I've just remembered the ending of the story. It never happens yes. how you expect. And it always goes worse. So we shouldn't do this. And she's like, shut up about the monkey's paw. This is clearly not a monkey's paw. This is an oriental statue. And I'm going to make some fucking wishes. Go on, Ida. Leave me alone. Let me rip this off without fucking worrying about copyright. Jeez. <laughs> Oh, I love the I love our um our seventies British ladies. You're way better than me, but I love. I've had a little more it. practice. You're fabulous at it. Your British lady is very proper. <laughs> but yeah, aren't there different degrees of uh the the accent and how you like kind of how we have here like Southern accent, New York, you know, is that is that yeah, kind of same way over absolutely. there? Absolutely. Depending on where you are in the country, your accent will be different, and depending on your wealth as well. So obviously the. Queen is a bit more clipped. You've got uh, God save the Queen. Uh, but then you can come down and have the sort of, uh, you know, the sort of conservative government uh, who went to Eton. Mm. And uh, Hugh Laurie once said it when he was trying to teach the rich accent to somebody. The British, when they're rich, everybody thinks you have to sort of talk like this and be very sort of fast and very sort of clipped because that's what we assume we hear because that's what we hear on the broadcasting uh, from the radio. Um. But actually, if you're rich, you've got all the time in the world. So <laughs> you just fucking take ages <laughs> to fucking say anything. And it's true. Like, you go and see a rich person yeah. and they're just like, um... And you're like, look, I know time is money and that's not a concern for you, but, like, I'm poor, so hurry up! <laughs> so the faster you talk, the poorer you are. Pretty much. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was fabulous. Okay, so what is what is your... Do you have an accent or is it pretty, like, baseline? I know you have an accent to me, but out there, do you have an accent? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um, a lot of people say I talk posh. Um, which I do because I sort of round my vowels and that sort of thing. There's no real reason yeah. for me to talk posh because I'm from Suffolk and we should sort of sound very sort of farmery, like Reaper, gotta go you got a light boy. That's where I come oh. from. There's a real sort of Suffolk accent um that I don't have and I can't do as you just witnessed. Um <laughs> so I I have a very weirdly it is weirdly posh. I don't know if I taught myself okay. it, and I, I don't know where I picked it up from. Because my parents don't have too much of an accent either. Because we're sort of from the south, and when you're from the south, there's less of an mm. accent. Um, compared to up north, where there's much more of an accent. Um, but no, mine's mine's really bizarre. Uh, it's sort of a, an amalgamation of... Uh, it's very, like, generic-y, but also posh people just call me posh but like i went to private school and you don't know what posh <laughs> sounds like when you've been in their swimming pool 
then you can tell me what posh sounds like and i don't sound posh so and it's all like um blood money as well like family money like we're here because granddaddy invented the guinness world book of records as opposed to like mummy and daddy worked hard Uh, um (laughs) emily shade over there Um, no i'm just kidding yeah that sort of um well I noticed uh, you had you have a lot of British people on your show, obviously. <laughs> um, duh. But I very much enjoy it that much more because after I feel very refined, I'm like, I just listened to my, my friend from the UK. Oh, we're friends, yes. She has an accent, yes. Um, she has lots of other friends that are British, and I listen to them. Anyway, you have the, the Jaws episode. That gent has a very, very, um, just in, I don't know, it's indistinguishable for me, but it's a, it's a very different uh, accent than I've heard, mm. and you kind of fell into it sometimes a little bit, and, yeah, you know, just because yeah, like, you're a you're a really good listener, patterns, you know, like language patterns and speeds of words and stuff. Yeah, I find that all the time. Like, and it's so horrible sometimes because it'll sound like I'm taking the piss. Like, especially uh. my northern <laughs> friends who really are like, oh god, like if you're from Liverpool, you sort of sound like this, <laughs> like the Beatles. <laughs> And, like, uh-huh. I really have to, like, phlegm up my mouth to, to be able to, like... It's like you've got a cold if you're from up north in Liverpool. <laughs> I can't do accents for shit. My sister's way better. But um, I do copy their, like, intonations and stuff. And it's... Yeah, I just really am like, I don't mean to offend. I just... <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love this conversation. Oh, my gosh. This is, this is all I want from OCD, too, is just, like, get to know people from all over and be like, what's life over there? like you know because are you what's it like you're are you from the you're what on the west you're on the west coast i'm the west coast and i can like do my valley girl accent really good but like i'm i'm from the south so like if i yeah i like if i get mad or if i talk really fast or on the phone it'll kind of turn into like yes and then all my like words kind of like roll together mm. and only my sister and i whenever we talk to each other and we'll get back to tell us from the kirk to everybody <laughs> this is just a short commercial but when my sister and i talk to each other we talk really really fast and kind of an, a southern accent every now and then and if you were to hear us you'd be like what are you like they're, we just happened? talk too fast. We just speak each other's language. You know what mm-hmm. I mean. But anyway, I totally understand. I if it. I ever I have love a the South, I, I love I love like Scarlett O'Hara was a, a big hero of mine growing yeah. up. And then as you grow up, Dolly Parton obviously is uh, oh, Tennessee, yes. and it's just Good beautiful. And it's it's a shame that a lot of uh, our media will be like like I'm, I'm watching Mrs. America at the moment when I play it again. Sorry. Oh, so it's good. So good. It's so so good. good. But they've got those yeah. like Southern constituents trying to help Kate Blanchett, and she's like. I don't understand what you're trying to imply and it's like oh it's because you're a fucking racist and i hate you but i love your accent but you're making me like confused because you're horrible but dolly parton is you and like i love dolly parton um so yeah it's that funny it's always uh like i I watch a lot of say yes to the dress as well and they'll get a lot of southern people on and they'll they'll edit it to be like I came up all the way from the south to get my dress at Clownfields because I want to be a Clownfields bride. And you, they, they frame it so <laughs> you're like Cletus from The Simpsons. And it's yeah. like, that's not fair. <laughs> like, my friend is from Atlanta and like every now and then she'd say like, y'all. And then she'd like be yeah. like, fuck, every time. And we'd be like, it's cool. Like, it's, it's like the most American thing you can say, y'all. Um, y'all. It's brilliant. As a... Y'all, Gatsby yeah, says, y'all's it's pretty genius. The most like non-gender inclusive 
sort of uh, pronoun, as it were, is brilliant. Yeah. Genius. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. If I could open up the show with, hey, y'all, I would, because I feel like that's more more better. I don't know. <laughs> um, but you know what's more better than talking about accents <laughs> is... Segway genius over oh, here. Yeah. Uh, story number five called Blind Alleys. No, you know what? Honestly, thank you for that. That I, I love our segways. They freaking crack me up, and I love the segways that you have on your show as well because your mind is very much my like my line, and I'm my mind, and I'm like a tree. And then you're like, when did that branch go there? I don't know. Let's follow it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Anyways, okay. Blind Alleys. Mm. Emily, it's your turn, my dear. <laughs> Tell us about this story. I loved this one so much. Um, it is taken yes. from Tales from the Crypt, Volume 46, uh, and it stars Ooh. Nigel Patrick. Um, it is about a man who has recently come away from the army. He was a major in the army, quite high up, uh, a general, if you will. And he takes over a... Um, I was going to call it an orphanage. It is a, a house for the blind. So there's a lot of mm-hmm. uh, elderly gentlemen who are blind that live in this sort of almost retirement home for uh, people that cannot see anymore. And <clears throat> he takes it over and he's given a budget. And he starts rationing out the food to the blind people. And he starts giving himself fancy wine and nice pictures on the wall. And he's got this horrible dog and i don't often say that especially in a horror the dog is the one to watch out for because they're the one to be like there's a murderer because i'm not alive anymore and you're like no but this dog i was like oh no this no this is unforgivable that dog's not going to heaven Mm -hmm. and um Mm -hmm. he sets the dog on them and they they just get treated worse and worse and worse and worse and then one day they snap and there's like a leader of the blind people and he's like right fucking fuck this and it's when it all comes to a climax where he's he's restricted the heating and he's restricted the food and one of them dies it's a very sinister mm-hmm. scene where he comes to check on them and he goes this this man's dead there's no point calling a, a doctor and all the blind yeah. people just stand up and they're like okay and he's like get get back to bed and you're like oh you're fucking dead man like you're so dead <laughs> and like you know it then like he's signed his own death sentence yeah. but what's wonderful is that then they, they take about 20 minutes and they they collect all of this bacon at the dinner table and they lay it out <laughs> and they get the dog to follow this trail and then they lock the dog in a cupboard and then they entice yeah. the man out and he comes out to see his dog and they get him and they force him into this cupboard and you're just in isolation with this horrible man and you can hear his dog barking like fuck next to him he's like yeah. don't hurt my dog don't hurt my dog and the dog is called shane the dog yes. is literally called shane which is the funniest thing because i was like it must be called like shay because that's like a dog name. Shane is hilarious. Yeah. Like, I miss hearing it. And then I went to the credits <laughs> and it was like, Shane. And I was like, you got it, I'm Shane. That's brilliant. Um, and he's like, don't hurt Shane. Don't hurt my Shane. How could you do this to me? And there's just lots of banging and drilling and moving of wood. And anyone that tries to, like, there's a chef there. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? And they're like, get out of here, man. Yeah. This ain't got nothing to do with you. <laughs> they're banging away and and like it's all just very calm it's very sort of american horror story they're just very yes. set on what they're doing and they're very composed and they're very strong because like they are mm-hmm. adult men they are strong and when all of them are bandied together you know you, they're sort of meant to look kind of weak and frail but uh when they start to enact their revenge you suddenly remember that like hey you know these people are as dangerous and violent as anybody else 
and to your yeah. right because they got your dog in one corner and your man in another corner and after days and nights and days and nights of no food and no water suddenly the doors opened mm-hmm. where are we yeah what have they been doing and it's so good they've constructed this little like pathway that is completely encased in wood and, and chicken wire chicken wire and you can't get through and you can't really see any of the light through it and he's following down this tunnel and he gets to a bit that's a lot narrower than another and he tries to go down it and ah he catches himself because when you look again they've put millions of just like razor blades just yes. sticking out of the walls oh so he has to turn and like squeeze through and he's like <laughs> these stupid fucking blind people thinking I can't get yeah. through here but if I just go sideways it's not even a problem <laughs> and this whole time yeah. we've been told that the dog is very aggressive and the dog is very violent and if the dog doesn't get to eat the dog will fucking eat what it can get and he's yeah. making his way and he oh and he makes it out of the razor blade bed and he turns and what's down the hallway it's a door and he can hear the dog the other side of the door and yeah. The blind man just undoes the latch and the door slowly swings open and the dog's there and the dog's like, hello, dinner. <laughs> and he pounces after his master who he'd been loyal to for so long and he turns and he sees all of the razor blades and he's like, am I going to get eaten by a dog or am I going to get killed by the razor blades? And we don't know because but at that point the elderly blind people are like, turn the lights off! Blackness! Yes. And he just hears screaming and barking and ripping and growling. Yes. And again, it's another one of those wonderfully satisfying, like, you got to see these people go through a horrible time and then they get to enact their revenge. But um, Mm -hmm. it's so extra because they could have just fucking killed him. Like, they could have poisoned the dog and then they could have just, like, pushed him down the stairs. But they were like, no, no, we're going to have his dog eat him. And it's like, I respect that. Like, you need a hobby. (laughs) And they're going to yes. run that place just fine because they'll be in charge of the budget now. So, but it's. I wonder if they killed the last sinister. superintendent because he kind of, you know what yeah. I mean? Like he kind of shows up and I'm like, oh, these guys have been fucked with the. F-. I was like, these guys know what they're doing. They didn't even have like a powwow. Yeah. They were just like, <laughs> just like get your, get your sticks together <laughs> and let's bully this guy. It's really brilliant. And the fact that they're blind, you really get that. And like, you can argue that mm-hmm. it's kind of campy, but it's when they're. They start the plate to collect the like additional bacon and they're sort of it's yeah. very slow paced they're like making the person in front of them aware and they're passing the plate and then they feel for the mm-hmm. bacon and they put it on the plate and then they they tap the person next to them and you go through like two benches of these people and the whole time it's not boring because you're just like oh my god what are they doing like what's going on here yeah. what are they, what are they got planned what are they thinking because as you say there's no sort of moment where someone's like i think we should do this um i think yeah. we should do that it's all just mystery and element of like tension yeah. and like it's it's very it's very good like it's a very good little segment yeah, I've never seen a story like this. Mm. Like it, I I didn't predict it at all. I thought they were trying to like kill the dog to make him feel bad, 
The only thing that I kept seeing that I was like, you're asking for it, buddy, is when Major Rogers, who's the main dude here, he like, he's like, we must get art up. Let's get art up. And then his office looks lavish. And then the whole place looks like a freaking like jail. Mm -hmm. Looks like a dump. And then he's eating like this steak and potatoes with this beautiful like silverware. And then they come in and they're like, we're eating dishwater out there and they're putting carrots in it. Like it doesn't taste good. And he's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. The budget, the budget I was in the, there it is. Yeah. I was in the army. I, you should know how to get through this. And they're like, well, I'm sorry that we were never in the army because we're blocked. Yeah, yeah. Like stop Help being a us. dick. Like this is literally your fucking job, dude. Um, and yeah. it's a it's a brilliant tale of sort of like austerity and power, hungriness, and uh, but there is also a, a real threat to it's like don't underestimate people, man. Like don't be sh- Ever, don't be shit yeah. to people because they'll set your own dog on you and like cut you with mm-hmm. razor blades. Like that was just so like you know when like your legs suddenly like feel like wobbly like when it showed the razor blades and when it showed his like face so close to them trying to escape the dog and then the lights go out my like whole bottom half of my body was like i've lost feeling (laughs) yes well because they showed him what it's like to be blind like Mm -hmm. he couldn't you know like that was so so much symbolism for like now now survive yeah like you know you do it bitch Yes. And then um, there was a part in there where he's like, they gave him plenty of chances. They He kept going in his office speaking on behalf. He's like, dude, stop being a dick. Dude, stop being a dick. He tried. It's not like, you know. Um, but I, what I loved was that he goes, I just want to explain something to you. Being blind, we may lose one sense, but all of our other senses are heightened. So if the food tastes bad to you, it tastes awful to us. If the room is freezing, we are we are ice cubes. Like you have to, but then it also was like, uh, kind of like a precursor to how they're able to pull all this off, like without even communicating, like you you know you would with like signals if you could see mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, they did it through feeling and just knowing each other, and it was like. Like you said, don't underestimate anybody. Mm-hmm. Just because they got one light off doesn't mean the rest don't go brighter. It's you so know? eerie. It's so because it is done in complete silence. All you hear is the banging, and there's no music. It's just like mm-hmm. twenty minutes of like banging, and it is frightening because even though you don't like this dude, you are like, oh my god, what are they doing? Like, what is happening? I don't know, and I'm, I'm stuck in this cell, and my dog needs to eat, and like. Ah! <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot. This this one, do you think this one's your favorite one? Or well, we can get to that. Is this one your favorite one? I I think I think it is. As you say, it's not like anything I've ever seen before. And like we do like that sort of like institutionalized people rising up against the authority mm-hmm. here in Britain. And we do like that sort of like uh, it's weirdly respectful to the disabled compared to like say episode one of this where it was just like mental patient killing you now yeah (laughs) and this was like these people have thoughts and feelings and they're human and they're alive and you need to treat them right or they'll make you gain by your own dog um right right so yeah i i remember it finishing and being like that was fucking great like that was really interesting that was really like refreshingly horrific in a way that i Mm -hmm. haven't ever as you say sort of like come across before and like there must be similar 
whenever I say stuff like that, I always imagine someone listening being like, um, I think we'll find that uh, they did it this time. And like, I'm sure there is like similar times where that sort of things happened. And of course, rising up against authority figures is like our thing here in England. But um, oh, <laughs> fingers crossed there's a fucking revolution soon. But um, <laughs> oh, no. um damn, I feel you, girl. <laughs> yeah, you guys yeah. more than us, to yeah. be fair. But uh, we're, we're not far behind and we are intent on becoming just like you. And we want to give you all of our trade, and <laughs> you want to chlorinate our chicken. And... Oh man! Um... <laughs> Horror, politics—the two go hand in hand. They truly do. Yes. But um, yeah, <laughs> this true. one—the the visualness of it, and the the just every the sort of filmic elements of it, the way it was paced, the way mm-hmm. it was uh, audio was used, and the way visual was used. Like it was just, it was just very cool. Yeah. It was, it was cool. It was, it was, yeah. I like this one the most because it was, I've never seen anything like that. Even today. Like yeah. you talk about, um, you talked about one of the stories earlier. You're like, I feel like I knew, oh, like this whole story in general. And you're like, oh, but they're, they're already dead. It's like, you've seen that so many mm-hmm. times. And though it may have risen from this, like this type of story, um, it's very unique. So I appreciated this one for mm. sure. If if I were to name this one and I'm going to bide myself time because this is a hard it's one because I, it's like, it's hard. Like I want to do something like, bl- like razor razor blind, Ra- blinded yeah, like, by the razors. Like, like, like the the dog deserved the better. The dog definitely deserved no. better. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd, I'd call it Shane deserves better in my deserves better uh, franchise. But um, yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you want to put like. Blade, but also Daredevil, and yeah. then like you want to be like Revenge for the Blind, <laughs> so on the nose yes. instead of like it's... Change for the Blind, it's like Revenge. Um, major mm-hmm. p- Pain. Yeah, Major Pain. I like that because he's Major Rogers. Yeah, Ooh, I like that. that. You had it coming, yeah. Pain, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Totally. It's something that. Totally. Something like that. No, this was cool. I liked. I like that. And and I'll say this too. I don't really see a lot of stories anymore where they have like the the revolution. Well, or, or ever. I don't know a story than this one. They have revolution of blind people, mm. um, or or deaf people, which I think there should be more stories Definitely. about because uh, they need to be treated like human beings. Yeah. So I I love that they were able to have their revenge in this one. It was really sweet. Definitely. Sweet sweet revenge. And without like using their disability as like a horror element in that it's like ah, yep. they're different from mm-hmm. us and that makes them scary. Like they're very much established as you say where they were like, "Okay, three strikes and you're literally out." And like, "Fuck you, mm-hmm. man." Like we ain't no freak yeah. show of like whatever. We are people yeah. and like it's not fair. Um, so yeah, more like inclusion of, because it is frightening. They did it in, uh, The Walking Dead recently. I don't know if you, uh, watch it. They recently it. Mm. introduced a, a deaf character and it's just oh. brilliant because y- you have a genuine deaf actor who's using sign language, a British deaf actor who had to learn American sign <gasps> language, which is really interesting. Whoa. But then you're able, there's a wonderful scene in a cornfield where she's got a baby who's crying 
and she has to navigate through this cornfield. She can't hear anything. They cut the sound off for the audience. So you turn <gasps> and there's a like, zombie and she has to like run through and like it like in terms oh of gosh. like a horror scene, like it's almost so obvious. It's like of course make your protagonist deaf. Then it's scarier because <laughs> you can't hear yeah, the monsters. Yeah. Um, and Hush oh is by Mike Flanagan on Netflix. Hush is a is a brilliant one. A woman isolated in a cabin who's deaf and there's a home invasion and again just like it's like you you read it and you're like duh like of course give them an impairment because then it's 10 yeah. times scarier because they're having to like deal with more than one thing at once and like yeah. then they're badass as well for like doing it yeah well hopefully people instead of being like oh my gosh that sucks for them they're like oh perspective mm. uh yeah more respect for those people because they have to deal with a lot more things than yeah. i do you know what i mean it's insane yeah so who, who knew horror could be so uh philosophical at the same time it is horror is genuinely one of the greatest and strongest genres because it can be used to express everything yeah. and something like fantasy is fairly limiting and often said in the past horror can be set across all time and space it can be mm -hmm. like every sub genre and it can really dig into you know you just look at the literature horror literature that would come out and how it would be a reflection of society at the time and like it's it's always a mirror up to life is horror um sometimes yeah. it's not sometimes it's things like ouija which was a shit movie from about 2017 but sometimes oh. it's really good um, yeah. and really thought-provoking and thoughtful and important and clever. Take The Purge. The Purge was a mediocre movie and now it seems to be used to be a reflection of America and its political systems and like really yeah. digging deep in that and be like, hey, what if you're not rich? And everyone's like, I don't relate. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Like, you don't have, you can't, what? Is that even, a do those people even exist anymore? <laughs> are, they, are they real? Are they going up chimneys? Yeah. yeah. Um, but as we alluded to a couple of times, uh, mm -hmm. Stephen King and George A. Romero considered remaking this movie, Tales of the Crypt, <gasps> together. Um, their work together resulted in a completely separate but similar movie, Creepshow 1982, which is oh. same vibe, where they invented this comic, Creepshow, um, and they did like little short segments uh that stephen king wrote a couple of original stuff some was based on his own short stories anyway and it's very much the same vibe it's campy it's got your sort of preface beginning and end bit and um i think it's really lovely that instead of just flat out remaking it they give us more um yeah yeah, they, it. it's it's kind of like, um, it reminds me of the Twilight Zone, Yeah, you know, where each story is new and weird. And then we've got, you know, the modern version of this is probably Black Mirror. Yeah, Black Mirror and Inside Number Nine, I'd say very much so. Like, and Inside mm -hmm. Number Nine sometimes have nice ones, but um, sometimes they have really, really spooky ones. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. Somebody was like, uh, ha ha, very funny. We're, we're in an episode of Black Mirror. Can we can we hit stop on it or something <laughs> like that because of 2020? Um, uh, yeah, it's, I like this concept of a story where it's like little anecdotes and you don't really know much other than what's in the story. So as an audience member, you're, uh, forced, uh, in a good way, I think mm. to kind of make up your own narrative of what happens next. Yeah. Um, they never said he died from the dog, you know, but we just kind of filled, filled in that mm -hmm. blank kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. Mm. Cause then, cause then of course the crypt master is like, did you not get it? 
you've all died. And they're like, oh, <laughs> fuck. And then there's that sort of glum acceptance where they, they literally, like, pick up their coats and they're like, all right, <laughs> off we go to the hell pit. Like, it's, it's so wonderfully funny. And then it ends on an even yeah. better note where he's like, oh, another good day's work. But who could be next? Perhaps you? And he like turns to camera and you're like, oh no, maybe my character flaws will result in a grisly, untimely death that will be replaced in me by an acclaimed Shakespearean actor. Oh no. Oh no. Horror. That's what I wonder if they show this to kids and they're like, see what happens. <laughs> Do you see, Billy, what happens? You gotta be a good kid. <laughs> Santa's always watching. See? Uh, yeah. But Santa's a mental patient. We don't do... No, stop. That's not stop. okay. It's not cool anymore. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed this, and I was like, oh, man, we're gonna have so much fun with this one, which we have. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, so thank you for introducing this to me. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you for letting me come on to your podcast. Le- thank you for letting me in, of in uh, through these spooky Halloween spidery curtains into the joy <laughs> that is the whole month of October doing a thing. <laughs> thank you for letting me discover this wonderful classic from the 1970s British horror, randomly based on some EC comics from America. Um, yeah. yeah, it's been such a, a joy to like go back and be like, what, what were we doing back then? While America was <laughs> like, yeah, we should like, like do like The Exorcist, one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah, we should do that. And we were like, <laughs> let's do Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> so good. I love it. They were like, we're gonna do The Omen, and we were like, that's cute. We're gonna we're gonna put Christopher Lee in everything. <laughs> I, like I said, I love that uh, Britain was the first to take this this on because it was so appropriate. It's This was great. This was like, if you don't want to watch a gory movie, but you want to be creeped out a little bit and still let it reside with you after the movie and then be also disturbed of all of the things that used to happen in the 70s and what they were okay with. Um, This is the movie for you. (laughs) Definitely. It's that perfect sort of like, if you don't like jump scares too much and you don't like gore, Mm -hmm. go and watch a bunch of old British-y movies. Like, I also recommend Carry On Screaming, which is same vibe. And like, Mm -hmm. that sort of campy British horror where we were like, oh no, a shadow at the window. It's great. I love that. I love having you on, girl. You're so fun. Uh, well, Miss Emily, you will be back in nine days on the 29th for my 30th birthday party Whee! on here. I'm <laughs> so excited. Like, yes. <laughs> it's a good one, too. I was like, who do I want at my sleepover? Emily! I'm so, like, honored. When you messaged me, I was like, Really? Of course, oh my god. I was like, I'm going to take the week off work so I'm ready and prepared. I'm going to get some popcorn and I'm going to get some drinks. I'm going to be in my pajamas. It's so good. Yes. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Um, But until then, please tell us where we can find you out there in the interwebs. The ether of the internet. Uh, make your way to any podcasting platform and type in Why This Film Podcast. It's the one smothered in pink. Uh, I'm on <laughs> Facebook 
at Why This Film Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Why This Film Pod. I'm on Instagram at Why This Film Pod. Um, I think that's it. I haven't quite made my way to TikTok yet, although I've been given a heads Ooh. up that that's where all the kids are at. So <laughs> I need to figure out how that works and then be like, okay, all right then. Um, so maybe I'll be on TikTok by this point, but I highly doubt it. Um, but I am on the normal podcasting platforms and the normal social media platforms um we look back at movies from your childhood and there's lots of spooky episodes uh from the past yes. if you want to check those out we've done hocus pocus we've done things like mm -hmm. event horizon um from the obscure to the hocus pocus uh, <laughs> hocus pocus and practical magic. Oh, practical magic and i cry i cry in that episode it gets real it gets super real oh, yeah <laughs> You loved that one. That was so sweet to listen to. I was like, Eloise, <laughs> you're right. It's so sad. It's so good. <laughs> um, and yes, come everybody, come back. Uh, come back tomorrow, but come back. If you want to hear Emily, you're like, nah, I just want to skip to the time Emily comes back. Come back in nine days. <laughs> Whatever. I don't care. Just be here. Yay. Uh, well, thank you so much, my darling. I just freaking adore you. You know that. I tell you that like every day. I'm like, oh my God, you're so funny. Let's be friends forever. <laughs> <laughs> um all right well thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of ongoing comic book discussion podcast tune in tomorrow for day 21 of 31 days of horror say bye emily bye emily <laughs> that, was so, that was lame I'm so, I'm so, I apologize. Let me do it again. Bye, everyone. Make sure you genuinely listen to every single day of this horror Halloween podcast because you know it's going to be freaking awesome and she's going to bring the whatever. The haunted roof down. That's the one. Right? That's the one. Something like that. <laughs> awesome. Bye, guys. See you later. Thank you for tuning in to Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast 31 Days of Horror. If you like what you're hearing, please follow OCD on any of your favorite podcatchers. Take it a step further and leave a five-star Apple Podcast review. <laughs> that really helps me out. Thank you. You can follow OCD on Instagram at OCD Podcast or facebook.com slash OCD podcast. Tune in tomorrow as I review another horror Halloween comic. <laughs> Why This Film Podcast looks back at the movies of your childhood. Join me, Emily Slade, each week as I step back in time to revisit the films that you grew up with. Maybe you haven't seen it for a while. Maybe you've watched it every day since you were eight. Maybe you totally forgot it existed. Whatever the movie, I'm here to go back with you through nostalgia untold and memories unnumbered. Together, we'll ask. Why this film?